How y'all doing? You good? How y'all doing, I said. I said to the first service, uh, you know, I'm Canadian, as uh, Kate was mentioning. So at first when I heard the word y'all, I'm sorry to every Southerner in this room, but I was like, ugh, ugh, y'all. And uh, I was determined I would never say it. And now I say it all the time. Um, yes, I judged. And therefore, yep, I received my reward. So I say y'all, but I also say sorry, because I'm Canadian. My youth still love to rib me for that one. You guys doing good? It's good to be with you this morning. <sighs> well, I'm excited this morning. I'm going to be preaching on faithfulness, so there you go. And before we get started, I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that your goodness is just abounding. Your goodness is here. Your goodness is now. That this place is filled with your goodness, with your faithfulness, with your favor. God, we thank you that you're in a good mood this morning. That we don't have to come and convince you to be happy. You were happy before we were. And you're happy even when we're not. So God, right now, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We worship you. We appreciate you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you even for the South. We thank you for Southerners. We thank you for y'all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. My name is Aaron, as, as Kate was mentioning. We're associate pastors. My wife, who had to take the kids home for a nap. I have two beautiful children and one on the way. And, uh, woof, parenting, am I right? Parents, okay, woof. Thank you, thank you. And, and this morning, I want to talk about God's master building plan. And I want to talk about faithfulness. How many know we live in a, a day and age where people are striving to be seen? Right? Longing to be known longing to be seen, longing to be significant. I have the privilege of working with youth, and I'll tell you, this generation is facing it like never before. Through social media, through Instagram, through TikTok, talking about being TikTok famous, some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. Through whatever it is, RIP Vine, I don't know. We're finding these things, this need to be significant, this need to be seen, this need to be known. And in the midst of all this, in the, in the midst of all the striving for significance, there's been this, this thing just rising up in my heart. That we, we don't want to be known for fame. We don't want to be known for our own glory. We want to be known for our faithfulness. We want to be known as a faithful church, right? We want to be known as faithful to Christ, faithful to him, faithful to his word, faithful to his presence, faithful to his name, faithful to his nature. I'm like, Jesus, that's how we want to be known. Not for our cool clothes. My wife and I, we love cool clothes. I said to the first church, uh, first service, a little bit flex, but I don't want to be known for Chelsea boots. I want to be known for his presence. <laughs> Chelsea boots. So we want to be faithful. And you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and he was writing to them and addressing some division among them in 1 Corinthians. 
And they were identifying themselves, the people in that church, as followers of Apollos or followers of Paul. And based on who they followed, they were like gathering their significance. They were gathering their self-worth. They were saying, well, we're with Paul. Oh, well, we're with Apollos. And Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, verse 1 and 2. And he says this. He says, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. (laughs) Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. He's like, guys, you're missing it. You're missing the point. It's not about who you follow. It's not about how many likes you have. It's not about how many followers you have. It's about being known as a servant of Christ. It's about stewarding the mysteries of God, that incredible mystery that Christ and his spirit is inside of us and we get to operate in his kingdom. If, there is, if, if that's the greatest mystery in this earth, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead in us, operating through us, his kingdom at at work through you. Oh, but we want to be known for our faithfulness. I want to stand before the Lord one day and him say those words over me, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with what I put in front of you. You were faithful with what I called you to. You were faithful with the word over your life. And recently, Jess and I, we entered this new role of of associate pastors, which has just been awesome. It's been fun. And our official title, at first we were kind of like, huh, because the, the, the wording was worship, Senior Associates of Worship and Experience. And how many know experience isn't often a word we like talking about in church? Certainly this stream of churches. Because it feels like experience. Ugh. Like, what do you mean the experience? And, and so we're having these conversations about things that we love, things that we find fun, like projectors, and cameras. How many like operating cameras? I know we have some photographers in this church. Yes. How many know it's nice to have good gear? A photographer, I, you need good gear, right? So we're, these things excite us. But we felt this challenge from the Lord actually to keep our hearts pure. To be faithful. And so much so that I was thinking on these things, I was pondering these things in my heart, and I was on a run. And the Lord really speaks to me on runs. I don't know if anyone else is like that here. I love going on runs with, with Jesus. I'll literally be like trying to run and type notes on my phone because God is just like speaking to me. And so I'm on a run and I felt the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about projectors and lights and you name it, blah, blah, blah. And I felt, the, I felt Jesus just say to me, he said, Aaron, if I were right in front of you, would you want to give me a makeover? And I was like, ooh, okay, God, no. The answer is no. (laughs) And I can honestly say that I don't believe that that was the condition of my heart, but it was the Lord reminding me who we're doing it for. The reason that we're doing everything that we're doing. The reason that you're doing everything you do in your life, in your jobs, in your family, in your relationships. It's unto him. And so this phrase has been just resonating in our hearts. We want to be faithful over famous. We want him to be the significant one, not us. 
We don't want to just build a big church to build a big church and feel good about ourselves and go to bed at night knowing, wow, we have a big church. If a big church happens, so be it, but we actually want to glorify Jesus and make him exalted in this city, in this nation, in this church, in this place, and if that means we grow, so be it, but that's not the goal. Christ is the goal, to be known for him, to be known as the ones who are, as Paul said to the church, found faithful, servants of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. And we've been in this tension where we know the outcomes might, some of the things we want to do might stay the same, but the journey is as important, if not more, than the destination. And we want to keep our, keep our hearts pure before the Lord and be found faithful. And that's why I love what Embrace was doing. Isn't that awesome that our church was doing that yesterday? If you went, awesome. If you didn't, cool, go next time. I, I love it, though. We're going to get out and be practically love our city and be faithful to our city. And I remember when we made the switch from Raleigh to Durham. We literally, we switched over into Durham. And God gave me this vision, and he said those words to me, Embrace Durham. And I felt like it was twofold. It was embrace the place I've placed you. You're in Durham now. Accept it. Okay? Embrace it. Love it. Learn to love Durham. Embrace it. And also go out and embrace our city. And I love that, that we were out and being faithful to the people in our city. It's awesome. Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 14. And this is the parable of the talents. Jesus is um, talking to his disciples, and he's talking in many parables. And he, he shares this little awesome word about the kingdom. For the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey, verse 14, who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. He'd hear, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. 
So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What a good story. You know the only way to fail in this story was to do nothing. The master himself, as Jesus is describing and unpacking this story, he says, you could have at least invested it, done the bare minimum, invested it in the bank, and I could have received interest. We're called to be fruitful. We're called to be faithful with what God's given us. We're called to be faithful with the calling of God on our lives. And I was thinking about this story, and I was thinking about the human condition and how easy it would be to be the one who received two and to look at the one who received five and be like, man, I got nothing. He got five. God, that's not fair. And I know it says according to their own ability, but sometimes we think of ourselves higher than we ought. And imagine how easy it would be to look at the one who got five and just to be upset, to be in bitterness, to wallow in self-pity, to, to be like, you gave me nothing because we embellish very quickly, don't we? Oh, you gave me nothing, God. I have nothing. I'm worthless. But God is not as concerned with how much we've been given, but what we do with what we've been given. It's it. It's simple today, but the word is we're called to be faithful with the little that God's given us. And so the man who received the two is as faithful with his two as the man who received five. And what does he do? He duplicates it. And God says, you've been faithful over little, so I will give you much. Will set you over much. I hope every one of us here has dreams and visions and callings and plans and things we're excited about in our lives, yeah? Things that we wake up for every day that gets us out of bed that we're like, come on, let's go, I'm ready. I want to propose this morning that God's master building plan for your life, for your future is being faithful with little. It's not necessarily flashy. So often we're looking for the flashy, right? We're like, give me the 10 top secrets to success. Give me the five Fortune 500 company things that they did. I want to know. And don't get me wrong, I think wisdom and knowledge and the pursuit of that is, is good. But I think so often we're like praying and praying for God to give us fruit. And we're saying, God, why am I not seeing fruit? And God's saying, you never planted the seed I gave you in the first place. Like you actually have what you need. You never water, you never planted the seed. You never fed the seed. You never gave it light. You never gave it water. And we're like, God, I want to be fruitful. I want to see fruit. And God's like, okay, let's get to planting. <laughs> that sounds good. It's going to take a little time. You might have to put in the hard work. You might have to prove yourself faithful. And I want to propose that Jesus lived this way, that God became man and lived fully man, and he was faithful to do what he saw his father doing. It says the son could do nothing of himself, but only what he sees his father doing. The son only does what his father does. So Jesus, as a man, had to look, okay, what are you doing here, father? I can't do anything on my own. I recognize that I need you. I can do nothing of myself. And that's the good news. You can't. <laughs> but 
But we can look to him. We can partner with heaven. We can look to the Father like Jesus and say, what are you doing here? How can I be faithful here? How can I be faithful in this situation? How can I be faithful in this place? And this isn't some cute thing, okay, this morning. I want to just like rip that bandage off. This faithfulness isn't some cute thing. Like, oh, that's cute. Let's be faithful. No, this is powerful. This is strength to be steadfast, to be trustworthy, to be faithful, full of faith for the areas and the things and the callings of God on your life. Shandarabah. You know we have vision in this church, just like we have vision in our own lives, right? Yes? Yes, yes. We have vision. We have vision in our departments, our media team. We have vision. And I, I asked for permission to share this with uh, one of my friends, but I, I went up to one of our friends and I said, hey, listen, would you consider running camera for us on a Sunday? And um, he said to me, you know what? I'll run camera when we have better cameras. And I was thinking about it, and I was pondering on this, and I said to him, I said, how can we expect to be given much if we can't be faithful with what we already have? I get it. I love it. We all, like I said, photographers, we need good cameras, right? Yes, Linda, I'm looking at Linda, one of our wonderful photographers in this church. The good gear is nice, but we are called to steward what we've already been given. And do you want to know why? Because the Lord knows. And he sees. Nothing is hidden. He sees you at your jobs working faithfully when it feels like your boss doesn't. When it feels like your colleagues don't. The Lord sees. The Lord knows. He sees whether we're cutting corners. Maybe cutting corners on our taxes or whether we're being faithful to tell the truth. Whether we're being faithful with what we consume, what we watch. How many parents in this room being faithful, changing poopy diapers? Woo! The Lord knows. Being faithful in the tantrums, especially the public tantrums, where you're trying yourself not to tantrum, and you're reminding yourself, I am the adult, I am the adult, I am the adult. Do not freak out at my child in public. The Lord sees. He knows. He sees us putting in the hard work. He sees us being faithful. And all he's asking us to do is be faithful. It's simple. Be faithful with little and you will be given much. You know, I believe this is, this is why the Lord chose David to be king. Because David was a man who was faithful and no one was watching David was placed as a shepherd over the flock. And it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that when a bear or a lion would come and steal one of the sheep, he would run after them and he would whack them, get that sheep out of their mouth. And if they came at him, he would kill them with his bare hands. No big deal. As my friend John Shunker was saying, if he was in America, they, David might have Bared arms. I don't know. Whatever. There we go. I'm sorry. You thought you had a break from one of John Shunker's puns. Not today. <laughs> but how easy would it have been to be like, it's just a sheep. It's just one sheep. Listen, 
I, all I got is my bare hands. I ain't going to fight a lion. I'm not going to fight a, I'm not trying to fight a bear today. Like it's one sheep, they multiply fast. We can have another one, no big deal. But David was a man that was like, nope, I've been given, I've been, I've been put over this task. I've been put over the flock and I'm gonna run after that one. I'm gonna fight the lion. I'm gonna fight the bear with my bare hands, right? He was faithful and because he was faithful and nobody was watching, because he was faithful in the private place, God promoted him in the public place. And it was actually even a season of preparation for David, wasn't it? Because when he stood before the giant Goliath, he said, oh, I've been here before. This will be no different. This will be just like when I fought off the bear or when I fought off the lion. And Goliath will fall because he stands against God. He sees, he knows. He sees the students in this room at your classes, working hard or slacking off. Nothing goes unnoticed. And I want to ask you today, what is the Lord calling you to be faithful to? What is the Lord like asking you to lean into, to stop fighting? When we became parents, we had to lean into it. It felt hard. We went kicking and screaming. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? It's like all your, all your selfishness just slowly withers away till you're like, this is my life now. What's a weekend? I don't know. It's called taking care of children. It will get better. Thank you. It's a long ways off for me, okay? So I got to lean into this right now. I got to be faithful with it. Am I right? What is it that we need to lean into and accept that it's where God has placed us for a season. Accept that God is calling us to be faithful right there as, as a mom, as a dad. Accepting, you, uh, accepting that we need to be faithful in our jobs. Accepting we need to be faithful in university. Because I tell you what, the promise is true, you will be given much. And he sees. And I also want to challenge us, what about the prophetic words that have been spoken over your life? How can we be stewarding those words now rather than just waiting and being like, here I am, whenever it happens, God. Waiting for a sovereign move rather than thinking that we have to participate in some sort of way. We love to do this, myself included at times. <laughs> I remember when I was a, a young man, I was out at BSSM in Redding, California at their school in Bethel and Banning Leapshire gave this word on stewarding uh, your prophetic words and it was awesome. I felt so challenged. And that year, in my first year, I remember getting words about writing a book someday. And I was like, cool, okay. What can I do now about these words you've given to me, God? And so I decided I'm going to start a blog. Back then, blogging wasn't as popular as it is today. And I was like, I'm going to start a blog even if nobody reads it. I'm just going to write. I'm going to be faithful to the word of the Lord over my life. So what's the word of the Lord over your life? And how can you be faithful now? And so often we let fear and intimidation hold us back from our dreams and our callings, don't we? I love that Paul, God knew what he was doing with this word, didn't he? Yeah? I love that Paul put in the book of Corinthians, he acknowledges that when he went to the Corinthian church, 
when he came to them, he didn't come with persuasive words, but he came in fear and much trembling, is what it says. Paul, who we would consider one of the great apostles of the faith, acknowledges in the eternal word of God that he was freaking out. He was with them, and he's like, his heart's pounding, man's trembling. Not just trembling, much trembling. He's probably shaking in his boots, terrified. But he said he resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And what did he do? He moved in a demonstration of the power of God and the Spirit. It's like, even though I'm afraid, I am going to lean into this, step into this. Even though this scares the bejesus out of me. Do, do we say that here, bejesus? I don't know. That was a thing in Canada. I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to step into this. And I, I, was, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about my own life, and, you know, I have the privilege of standing before you today, which I'm so grateful to be here today, and thank you, Marie Nash, for the opportunity. And I was thinking about my own life, and the first time I ever said yes to preach. I was in grade 11, I was in Mozambique at an, uh, an iris base of Heidi Baker's ministry in this little town called Zimpeto. And as it goes with Africa, about five minutes before they were going to have these small groups, one of the guys that was uh, running one comes up to me and he's like, hey, to me, my friend, and he goes, well, one of you preach tonight. It's five minutes, I'm like. And I looked at my friend who was relatively new Christian and I'm like, he's not going to do it, so I'll do it. But I had a choice in that moment. Even though I was terrified, even though that scared me, even though it was so soon and I had no idea what I was going to do. And as a young man, I saw the power of God move and I, I heard Holy Spirit in that moment when I was just a teenager and he said, Philippians 3 verse 7. So I'm like, okay, I look it up. For I once thought all these things were worth something, but now I consider them worthless when compared with the priceless knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. What's more, I consider it all garbage compared with him. And I preached a message that night on how he is everything. There's nothing like him. There's nothing that compares serving him above everything else is the greatest joy we have. I remember when I got back from that trip, I had another opportunity. I was asked to come and share to a small youth group, and they asked me to come and share about my trip. So I just thought I was doing one of those cute little mission trips presentations. I'm not bashing them, but that's what I thought it was, just like, here's my slideshow, and here's what I did. Look at these photos. Look at how awesome this was. And I'm in this youth group, and... I decide to take a moment with the Lord and I, I lay down under this table before we're starting. And again, I'm just, a, I'm just a teenage kid. And I heard the Lord say, Ecclesiastes 12. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I've ever read Ecclesiastes. I'm like flipping, where is this? Probably had to check the concordance, let's be honest. So I'm like, I find it and I read it and this line just sticks out to me. And it said, be faithful or Remember, this is what it said, remember your creator in the days of your youth before you grow old and life becomes meaningless is essentially what he says. Solomon was in a bit of a dark place when he wrote that, so, well. But this line just stuck out to me. I didn't realize I was gonna be preaching, but the Lord called me to be faithful in that moment. And he said, well, you are, Aaron. Here we go. And that night, I, I preached this message to this youth group and I said, like, don't wait 
the time is now to follow Jesus. Don't wait till you're older. And I don't say this as an accolade to me. I say this as I was there in fear and trembling, but I chose to be faithful and say yes. And the whole room, just as a teenager saying yes to the Lord, the whole room was just weeping. And I saw the power of God move through my little yes. I saw the power of God, like Paul's describing in my much fear and trembling, but choosing to step forward into the calling of God in my life and be faithful with what God placed before me. As I said, yes, he moved. And that is the promise of God in each one of our lives, that nothing you do goes unnoticed. Church family, nothing you do goes unnoticed. Parents, nothing you do goes unnoticed. The Lord is faithful to give much to those who are faithful with little. And I love in the Bible that, that Jesus describes that faith, the size of a mustard seed, can move mountains. Uh, why a mustard seed? Because it's little. <laughs> you actually, we don't need much. Nothing will be impossible for them, is what it says. You have that photo? That was kind of fun. There it is. I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. I don't know, I thought that was awesome, so I'll show you guys. This is all it takes. This is all it takes. And how many know that's not even your faith? That's Christ's faith in you. That's the Holy Spirit in you. That's leaning into Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's leaning into Christ that he will fill your mouth when you're before the multitudes and he'll give you the words to say. God is faithful to those who say yes. God is faithful to those who are faithful to him. It's just who he is. It's just in his nature. So what are we called to lean into? What are we called to be faithful to in our lives, in our jobs, in our schools, in our whatever it is, in our relationships? What are we called to be faithful to? Not some little cute faithfulness, but a tenacious kind of faithfulness. The strength of faithfulness. That like when you're changing those diapers, it's the most powerful God-filled thing in the world. When that poop smell is just coming in your face, I keep referencing this. I, you know my life. I change a lot of diapers, so that's where it's coming from. But that it is the most anointed diaper change in the world because <laughs> of Christ in me. So that's it. What are, what, what, what are you called to be faithful to? I look at, around this room and I see some incredibly called and anointed people and some pretty good looking people. My wife was, is not here second service, so the average went down slightly, but for the most part, <laughs> my mother-in-law's here, that's what she's saying, that's true, that's true. <laughs> the average went up, I mean, it went way up. <laughs> Gotta get those brownie points, guys. What are the words over your life you can steward and be faithful to now? Could we just stand?
as I was preparing today and taking time with the Lord, I, I heard two, uh, two words of knowledge I felt strongly. I felt that there were those in this room who, like me, have been living under a spirit of fear or intimidation. And I felt like this morning God wanted to break fear and intimidation off of us. If fear and intimidation is the reason today that you haven't said yes to the Lord, that you haven't said yes to being faithful with your little, then the Lord is breaking that spirit off of you this morning. The Lord is giving you a courageous and bold, a tenacious righteousness to say yes to him this morning. And the other thing I felt was those in this room that maybe have been feeling a sense of either depression or lethargy or both. You've been feeling tired for no reason, or you've been feeling depressed and you can't explain it. God wants to bring freedom and resilience and steadfastness over you this morning and break that over you. So with every eye closed, could we just have a moment of self-reflection? And I want us to ask the Lord that simple question, Lord, what are you asking me to be faithful to? What are you asking me to say yes to? God, do I need to lean into this whole parenting thing? Do I need to lean into this job and be faithful with this task, even though I might dislike it with a passion? Do I need to lean into this relationship with my spouse even though day after day it feels hard? What are you calling me to be faithful to right now in my season? And I felt so strongly in the first service that there almost needed to be some sort of bodily response. I hadn't planned on this, but some sort of bodily response as we say yes to him. It was almost like we're leaving the old thinking behind. We're leaving that fear behind. We're leaving that lethargy, that depression, that intimidation, laziness, whatever it is. And we're stepping into yes. So what I, what I did in the first service and what I wanna do now is I wanna invite you to, with your yes to come up to the front to say yes to him this morning with confidence and boldness. Heck, I'm stepping up. <laughs> and our ministry team's just gonna go around and begin to minister I feel like God is res releasing resilience over us. Things that have bogged you down or hindered you before, you will leave today in the name of Jesus and those things will no longer hinder you. I believe that with all my heart. The obstacles that held you back before will no longer hold you back. So just in your own words, begin to say yes to the Lord. Whatever it is he called you to be faithful to in your life, begin to say, God, I will choose yes. Here I am, I choose to be faithful to my job. 
whatever it is, enter your own words and just tell him now, I choose yes. I will be faithful, God, with this. Even though it feels small, I will be faithful. Even as I'm sharing, the Lord reminded me of this. I can't remember what they promoted them to, but this employee at Bethel that they promoted into a new position because of the way they cleaned bathrooms. Because they would bring a black light into the bathrooms and turn off all the lights and clean whatever the black light revealed. Because they were so faithful as a janitor. They were like, that's the kind of person we want to be promoted in our, in our movement. So just tell him, yes, I will say yes. I will lean into where you've placed me. Mm. We will lean into where you've placed us, God. to where you've placed us, where you've called us. Father, I release a tenacious, steadfast spirit over each and every individual this morning. God, that things that have seemed meaningless, have seemed like a drag, would feel powerful in our lives. Father, that we would know who we serve when we do those small things. Father, I pray just for a tenacious faithfulness that we would be known for the way that we serve. We would be known for the way that we love. We would be known for the way that we do the small tasks. And every person in here that felt that thing of, that feel that spirit of fear or intimidation or depression or lethargy, we command that thing to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, we know that you are a miracle worker and we just say, loose in Jesus' name. Loose the chains and we bind every spirit. We release favor over you, whether you've been given five talents, 10, two, one, to be faithful with that in the mighty name of Jesus. And lastly, before I finish, I wanna encourage us to find someone to tell them. There's something about the act of sharing with someone that is so powerful. You're like, God said this to me and it almost becomes more real for us. So I want us to find someone before we leave today and to tell them, this is what God has said to me. This is what God has asked me to be resilient to, to be faithful to. Amen.